2: Hey, y'all. Welcome to There Will Be Dungeons TWBD for the weekend of Saturday, September 10th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz, John Jagger, Kristen Ashton, and of course, Kyle Ferguson. And we are here to play Dungeons and Dragons, and we might even do it with a nice hot tea by our side from PhoenixPearlTea.com/slash TWBD. If you want some tea based on our campaign, good news. They have it over there at phoenixpearlt.com slash TWBD. And now, without further ado, I pass the microphone over to Kristen who will catch us up on happened, on happened, on what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons.
3: Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, they made to map the menace and estimate the enormity while plotting their plan. As they looked at the landscape above a lake of lava, a shattered ship ship by. Inside was the Principal, but not as they had known him. He was weaker, but still set on eradicating evil on Earth. Namely, this last monster, told by him, a Tarrasque. As they threatened to finally take the Principal apart, Nash noted his family. The Principal was paused. Grandchildren? Feelings never felt flowed through the Metal Man, and the quest to chrome the cosmos seemed to come to a close. Before battle, however, the team parted in preparation. Hope and Stanley headed back for Walmart and weapons, and Varel plotted a course for the creature to maim it with mountains. He then beseeched Bok Bok, the raucous ruler of the goblins, to join with the last big blowies. Now we join our heroes and their forces as the battle rages for the fate of the wide and weird world of The Wastes.
2: All right, we're ready for this, Bo. Take it away. You're muted. Great. (laughs) Thanks.
4: (laughs) We rise from, we fade from black to endless open desert. The wind blowing, the silence deafening. Except for the wind, it's making a bit of noise, so it's not that silent. We approach, uh, we approach a range of mountains. And we see upon them a lone figure walking atop, cresting across the top at the apex of these mountains, looking down on either side. There's a large lizard folk, Forel, whom we know cresting along either side, examining the terrain, having been dropped off by the Fate Six to lay a trap for the tarasque our heroes are hunting. Pharrell, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to have you here.
1: It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here.
4: <laughs> um, so you are currently, uh, when we last left off, we were making plans to hunt the Tarask. Uh, your particular endeavor was to um, scout ahead in the stormlands and to, uh, well, not quite in the stormlands in the space. I believe in the uh, name escapes me dead, dead finger or not dead fingers, leaden fingers, I believe is what it's called. Let me just get to my map here. Yes. You were setting a trap. Oh, wow. There's a real art project going on in here. Um, Thank you to whoever added all that lava. <laughs> I don't know who it was, but that's very helpful. <laughs> did
5: that happen during the show, or no, wouldn't that happen? Who did that? That's incredibly I helpful. It, I drew it near the end of the show.
4: Okay, well, thank you. That was That's incredibly helpful. Uh, I didn't have to make a new map, and great. Yes, so Varel, um, uh, avoiding uh, the populace of the Corv- Corvutican in order not to get sidetracked. Um, There is a path between where the stormlands are marked in the mountain range and where you are. So if you look to the north, you'll see that the mountains become clouded and thunderous uh, clouds of lightning and torrential rain, it seems, in the center of this mountain range. You are looking for an ideal spot to place your trap. Um, The Fate 6 is about to be on the way, and you still have your earpiece in, so you recently received this information. That uh, the the explosives, um, the explosives will be on their way. You actually went to go pick them up. I remember last episode you talked to them and loaded up the Fate Six, but you were dropped off by yourself here. Uh, so once you've selected a location and done your scouting, you can begin your planning. Um, I guess what I would ask you here is, uh, you know, what kind of plan you would make for this trap.
1: Uh, well, we want to do a slowing down kind of trap so I was hoping to create a large amount of rocks, boulders, rubbles that would cascade down into the canyon allowing the Fade Six to kite the Tarrasque through mountain range with the final, if they make it far enough goal of embedding the Tarrasque into the stormlands where they will be struck by lightning and such
4: Okay, so you would like to put it closer to the stormlands
1: yeah, we like talked about the, yeah. Sorry, we talked ahead. about setting up maybe three locations, but I totally understand that with the dynamite supplied and I have a button. Let's do one good location, and let's put it a bit earlier on. Probably this first one I've marked around uh, around the T in Corvutican. <laughs> <laughs> really?
4: yeah, the Corvutican, it's like Corvutican. the Vatican, but has "cor" instead of "vat" at the start.
1: Oh, co- oh, of course. I mean, yeah, product placement. Nice, nice. Yeah, nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was not intens-
4: I'm sorry. That's really, no, that was not intentional whatsoever, actually. Well, not it's a K like cool. Mortal Kombat, so that's fine. We're no, good. I w- i was really just going, remember, this was, map was made years ago. I was really just going for the um, what sounds fantasy ish. Corvudican sounds great. <laughs> awesome.
1: But, All, right, yeah. so I
4: was- All right. So in the T and Cor- Corvudican. Okay, so it's definitely in the mountain range and not in yes. the Stormlands. Okay, perfect. That's helpful.
1: So I will have my, what I would do is I'd set up the dynamite and I got mm-hmm. a little clicker, right? A little bomb setter offer? Or is uh, it a yeah, TNT? There's there, there a, de-
4: there a detonator for sure. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a, it's more electronic than, or not electronic, but it's more like a, a military looking, like old military deprecated looking thing and not a, with a chipboard or, you know, and that kind of thing.
1: Cool. So I would like to set that up, get to a range away from it. And hopefully some sort of crest or um, Pride Rock-like jumping area where I could either jump atop the Tarrasque or jump onto the Fate 6 as it goes by.
4: Okay. So you'll see in Roll 20, I've uh, isolated a piece of map and where the explosives might go and where you might place your troops. Um, What I will do is I will also... I have other map pieces so we can adjust. You mentioned a canyon, right? So you'd like to lead them into a canyon. Yeah. Very good. So I'll find something more canyon like.
1: Uh, Maybe for the map here. That would be great. Are my lizard folk equipped with special suits and grappling hooks?
4: Uh, Yeah, your lizard folk um, were equipped with uh, everything they needed from their. Remember, they pilfered the um, caravalon? Yeah. Uh, In preparation for the Great War. So, they, you know, in that laboratory where you fought the fallen angel, uh, there were those shoulder hooks um, that a lot of them wore. Uh, uh, So, they have like a lot of that kind of equipment on them.
1: Awesome. So, I would like to divide them along the canyon. Ideally, the rocks tumble down, maybe just crush some toes, but possibly get a foot stuck for a little bit. And we can launch a la what's the story with Jack Black? And he got all tied down by.
2: Oh, uh, uh, Gulliver's Travels—that one.
1: Travel, yeah, yeah, all Gulliver's Travels. Like we can, we can get the lizards involved, and then the dynamite's being thrown, and we create kind of a chaos canyon.
2: I like the name <laughs> Chaos Canyon. <laughs> it's a yeah. good
4: name. I'm here to kill chaos in Chaos Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's see here. Let's get let's get ourselves a canyon. I'm here to kill chaos. Sorry, I had to do yeah, it. Yeah, buddy. All right, <laughs> I had to do yeah, it. Yes. I found the perfect map tile, and I can't find it. It's kind of annoying. Oh, here we go. That looks workable. All right, to map layer. All right, so let's maybe try something like this. As you can see, the map layer, oh, the map piece. You can, you can, everyone can see that, right? Yep. All right, as you can see, um, there's there's a depression in the center, right? So the beast can move through perhaps the middle. Oh, uh, something happened. Okay. There we go. How's that? Looks good. All right. Yeah. So for the explosives themselves, Pharrell, you, you want them up top so it buries the It buries the beings inside, right? The feet of the You So you want them to step on them, basically?
1: Oh, uh, no, like the the rocks would cascade down and either bury the feet or create a a wiggly, home alone marble situation. Okay, perfect.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, I got it. So very, very well. So as you... You find your ideal spot. Um, the Fate Six uh, comes into view once again as you give a quick mention over the headset that you're ready for them. And the goblins and lizard folk, uh, the ship lands nearby, and they begin removing the barrels and putting in the work as per your direction in the canyon. All right, so do you like where I'm moving these um, these objects here?
2: Yeah, that looks
1: good.
4: Okay, you perfect. you like the way I do this? <laughs> All right, so yeah, so those those barrel things are. Thanks, thank you, Scott. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I'll be doing that. So while I'm moving that, is there anything else that you'd like to do for the planning, including you may need to uh, regroup because uh, I know Stanley has a feast he's planning, so that's going to be a, an important step. So you may need to if will you wait here or you know what would you the like to do?
5: The goal was to do the feast the night before we decide to do everything okay so uh, when it, whenever we're at that point that's when Stanley's gonna make the feast
4: okay so the reason I ask uh, the reason I ask for is he does have the main ship so he's gonna have to give it some direction as to what to
1: do where to go that kind of thing yeah I would make the feast
4: okay perfect and uh, do you want to leave the goblins and lizards here to be to stay in preparation or do you want to bring them with you
1: yeah, absolutely. I'd want them to, you know, embed themselves in the surrounding land, create holes to hide in, prepare. Oh, should we
4: do things. some should we do some zerg burrowing?
1: Yeah, yeah, get some goblins all buried in. Get some goblins. Perfect. All With right, so you begin sound.
4: Yeah. You begin giving directions for the goblins to make little caves and holes along the side of the the thing they'll be protected from the explosion because oh. the explosion will be blowing the rock
1: up, so they're at the base. Okay, okay. As long as they're not you know downhill and just gonna... yeah,
4: there's there's no verticalities on these maps, and you know we get really ambitious with our battle terrains, so it's like yeah, it doesn't translate well. But no, I mean the goblins are pretty brave around explosives to begin with, anyways. Um, there's an element of worship that they have, uh, I think, due to Bokbok's influence and love of the love of the old blowy. Um, so we'll put some up there. Maybe there'll be some goblins who can rain from the top along with the tactical team uh, as well. And maybe I'll put some on either side for you. So the barrels explode. Just uh, don't take the positioning too liter- literally. We only have limited space on the, on the battle map. Um, but basically the, the, the idea being in this valley here, uh, either side of the canyon will explode. All the rocks will bury its feet, maybe more, who knows goblins from below will go to attack, and then from above, they'll all drop down and attack as well. That's the trap you're laying. Alright, and they can stay, They can stay, or will they come back with you for the feast?
1: They can stay. I believe the feast doesn't supply as many people as we have.
4: Yeah. Right. I, I assume the instruction will be you'll, you'll return and provide more direction as to what to do, because I think that's the overall plan. Awesome. Right. So after, you know, a hard day's labor getting explosive where they need to be, getting everyone instructions and in where they need to be. You clamber on board the Fate 6. Um, did you guys set a meet-up point at all? <laughs> now there is uh, the Principal's rocket ship and where it crashed. That's where we started everything from, so maybe that. You can you can decide now. I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, you didn't discuss it. Now you don't know how to meet up again. Um, so, did you... What, what, what would be a good meet-up point for everyone?
1: I would assume Principal's camp, since he was getting all...
4: Yeah,
5: that's where we all okay. were.
4: So. Perfect. Okay, so you hop aboard the Fate Six and begin your return. Uh, Stanley and Hope, uh, I believe you were heading back to the solar mine. No, we were. I know Hope wanted to practice um, flying on the Chrome surfboards.
5: Yeah, we and were both taking turns practicing because we were both going to be flying no. one.
4: Yeah. No. I think Hope in particular was going to team up with someone, so she wanted the experience with having a second person on the board too.
5: If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think, I think yeah. that was yeah. me. I think I was the second person on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay, uh, and she was going to take you to to back back to the solar mines where the elves were, so that you could get a crossbow, yeah, and some b- bowls, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> some some Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a crossbow and Tupperware for this mission.
3: Hope will join in with the crossbow and it's a plus two? Uh,
4: Yeah, if you want to add a a magical crossbow from the elven armory. Oh, I
1: thought that was at Walmart. I was like, damn, they got plus two (laughs) crossbows at
4: Walmart. Walmart was floated as an option because it's there and they have crossbows, but um, they wouldn't be plus two. They'd be maybe minus one.
5: (laughs) Yeah, we we got good crossbows. Okay, great, and And, um, great bowls—just the the best bowls you've ever seen.
4: Yeah, was there anything else you wanted to do or visit while there, or just go, you know, be business, get what you needed, and return? I think that's probably it. Okay, so without much fanfare, no one comes to interrupt you. You find the the nearest elf uh, once you land. They speak to you with great deference, of course. You make your demands, and they send out people to collect uh, what you need and. After 20, 30 minutes or so, they get the items for you. Um, having already interacted with Admiral Chrysorius and High Elf um, they're all still quite busy securing the area. Remember that you have given um, instruction for people to be on standby to drop the Trianglosphere into the molten core of the Earth um, deep below the solar mines. So that also remains one of your people's missions you've given them uh hope was there anything you wanted to do here or was it really just about practicing with the board
3: uh mainly just practicing and then getting a ranged weapon since we'll be poking them for the start at least
4: perfect so um you know you've learned that these things move quite fast and during the flight um on a turn if you're flying on the board they can move up to 90 feet per round so it has a pretty high speed um other thing that you're able to learn too that you're able to keep enough momentum you can um you haven't been able to try it yet but with enough momentum there is a magicality to its hovering it might be possible if you were to quickly barrel roll to not fall off the board with enough speed or do a loop-de-loop you sort of you sort of get this sense that with enough speed as long as you can survive these um centrifugal force or you know motion rather um it might be possible to produce some very flashy maneuvers if the situation came up, but you you haven't, you know, I don't, if you want to try them, you can, but you probably need to let Stanley know.
3: She'll wait till they get back to the principal's camp.
4: (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, And last, uh, when we left off, Nash, Maggard of the solar mines was, is having a difficult time. He's lost something very important to him. His connection with his shapeshifting self, and so he chose to remain in the camp to have his alleged father help train him in discipline of mind to yeah. get connected. Yeah, and so Nash, the principle is before you humming in meditation, encouraging you to empty your mind.
2: <clears throat> I would be doing my best to do that. You're- you're
4: trying your best. All okay. right, so let's get a trying your best roll. Okay, this is a uh, let's see here. Let's
2: get a religion skill check, please. All right, here comes religion. This is spirituality. Uh, that's a that'd be a fifteen.
4: Okay, so you know for. I don't want to be too pejorative, but for in what seems like a long time, you actually sit and try to, intent, with it great intent, actually get um, into some sort of synchronicity or uh, peace with your inner self. Uh, your body has been a battleground of scars and molding and other body parts. and yet with great frustration as you try to commune with it you feel that you're still up against a wall and and you can't make whatever this transformation your alleged father the principal has for you
2: okay yeah it would be hard I'm not surprised that I would struggle my guess is Nash would be bad at meditation in the best of times (laughs) if I had to guess Stop meditation. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's very windy. Oh, yeah, shit.
0: Nash, you are holding yourself back. I can feel the agitation in your arms and in your legs. You have to learn one thing.
6: You must love yourself, man.
2: Okay. What if I liked myself a lot better before you took my dragon power away? I think you like your jokes better than you like yourself.
6: (laughs)
0: I want you to try something.
2: Take off your robes. Weird, but okay. And I'll get up and take off my robes. Now look at your shoulder. Do you see the mouth and eyes peeking out from between your shoulders? Uh, Do I? You do. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Principal's
5: DMing this campaign now. Deal yep. with it.
2: Yep. Easier than flipping back. Yeah. And forth.
5: You. You see it. You see it.
2: Okay. Is it? Um, did I know this between before? your
4: shoulder blade? Remember, you have a mouth and some eye, like an eye slowly starting to peek out. That's actually kind of new.
2: Um. Yeah. And your shoulders, like, uh, hey. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, you've been, you've uh, you've been growing. I didn't notice.
4: I have this like sensation. I think I. Uh, what is it? I'm am I looking? Am I seeing? As the as one eye, your shoulder blade is like it. It's got like goopy yellow stuff, sort of sewing it shut a little bit, but it's trying to open up, and a little light is coming in. Okay. And your baby hand is now freely sort of moving around. Is that? Yeah, go ahead. Who am I looking at?
2: Uh, this is Nash, Maggard of the solar mines. You've been growing back there for a bit.
4: Is this what looking is?
2: Uh, Well, tell me how many fingers I'm holding up, and I'll hold up two fingers, kind of peace sign. like. With which hand? Uh, Whichever. So I'd be looking at the eye. doesn't matter. Okay.
4: You're holding two.
2: Okay, see, that's good. That's that sight you can see. And I guess that's a finger. Yeah. That's a human finger. You have a... How do I even know what two is? Well, (laughs) I don't know. Probably the same way you can speak at all. You're just intuiting things, I guess. I don't know how you're doing it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely tooting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
4: So what's this metal guy trying to do to us?
2: He's trying to get me to clear my head. I suppose it means you need to as well. I don't know how... I don't know how much one would affect the other, but he wants to think maybe
4: it's my fault that you can't transform.
2: Uh, No, because the little hand's been here for a long time and you were here right before I lost the power. So I don't think you're the reason. Okay,
4: good. I was worried you're going to get rid of me. No, that would hurt. Yeah, I think I think it would hurt me, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Anyway, what are what
2: are we? What's what's going on? We're supposed to be medi- <laughs> we're supposed to be meditating, but I don't know. Actually, talking with you is clearing my head a little bit. Maybe maybe this is good. That we having, yeah yeah. But being you are speaking to that is feasible. Well, yeah. I mean, he's part of me, but he's separate. He's got a separate consciousness, as you can see. He's replying to me and stuff. It may seem that way, but that is not so. so that my, is you. Am I just talking to myself, or, like, do you, do you hear me say both things, or does it, what does it look like? It's more complicated than simply talking to yourself.
0: It is you. Okay. As I said, you must learn to be at peace with yourself.
2: Well, if this is the self you're talking about, I, I like him. He's cool. We get along just fine. Then why don't you tell him that you love him? Oh, geez. It feels forward. because your cause... soul to yourself. <laughs> uh, okay. I can try. Um, I'll turn around to, my, to where I can see the, the growth in the eye and everything and just say yeah so uh, i guess you know we need you and i need to get more acquainted and uh, trust each other more and i don't know uh, like each other more i'm supposed to i'm supposed to tell you that i that i that i love you i'll say uh,
4: no no one's ever told me that they loved me before <laughs>
5: no one has still
4: no
2: one I mean (laughs) (laughs)
5: it's the hardest thing you've ever asked got to do
2: (laughs) is that what you're saying to me right now um yeah I mean I'm it feels weird to say it but I but I think I think even though I don't fully trust this uh, principal guy over here but I think he's probably right Uh, I need to be more in tune with my whole being and your part of it so so yeah I you know, I don't it's not like a sexy way though. I don't love you that way. Just so you know. There's no like, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna do stuff like that. But you know, like like I you know, you seem fine. It seemed like a lovable nice quit (laughs)
0: circumlocating and just say it to yourself.
2: All right. Open your soul to you. Uh okay, I'll go. Uh uh, here's my soul. It's open, and I love you. Eyeball hand me.
4: And and as you say this and mean it earnestly, uh, a strange expression of sadness and love passes over the mouth and eyeball on your shoulder. Mm. And since the eyeball is looking upward, when it finally tears up, The tears don't drip anywhere but just pool up with crusty yellow eye stuff in it in a pool on your shoulder as it begins welling up and then then it's like i love you too dash
2: while he's saying that i would i would lean so that gravity helped some of the (laughs) water and goo come out of his eye an act a true act of love yeah I don't want to drown the poor little guy, so I'll just do like that. Let let it drip a little, tear off my shoulder.
4: All right. And do you begin crying as well, or does it not affect you?
2: Um, I would.
4: Do you let you let the love into your soul, or do you put on your armor of sarcasm and wit?
2: I think he would feel the he would feel the emotion of it, but he would still have a hard time expressing it. So I don't think he would. I don't think Nash would cry. I think he would. He'd be he'd be sort of humble and sort of you know head down and not really, you know he wouldn't he wouldn't crack wise, but he wouldn't okay. cry either. All right, and the principal says to you.
4: This is good progress, my son, but
0: you are not quite ready yet. Until you can. Let go of your embarrassment and your sense of cringing at your own weaknesses.
6: You will struggle
0: with this problem, but I am here, and I know that you have the power to overcome this challenging without the shape-shifting. We have many years together to look forward to, my son. This is a new era for me and for
6: you. My son, I do not deserve it. But I do love you.
0: I think I meant to say I don't deserve it, not you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I took your meaning. This new body is difficult. Well, you'll understand that uh, while I I don't have any reason to think you're being dishonest or deceitful about this. It's I need a little time. You know, like previous previous to recent events, you were uh, you know final boss numero uno. Didn't know about the once we week. defeat this last challenge, bring our planet back to health
0: and. We will have time for everything. The wars will be over and we can get forward together.
2: Okay. That sounds like a deal.
4: All right. And the, during this whole time, your shoulder has been crying. <laughs> it's just like, it's balling up and you're trying to get the water out. It's just generating water in your shoulder. Um, and as that happens, uh, hope and Stanley, uh, pop up into the background and begin, you know, surfing in uh, to the area and then Varel aboard the Fate Six is also trucking and finding his way over and within a, you know, minute or two there within the vicinity and landing and the principal has this last thing to say
0: Come, we will have to resume our meditation another time You've made good progress, my son Let me put my hand upon your shoulder in comfort and say,
2: I'm proud of you. Well, thanks, uh, uh, Dad. I'll say, still a little trepidation in my voice about buying it or accepting it.
4: And with that, uh, the Fate Six lands on the ground. Uh, It's devoid of goblins and and lizard folk, it's just the ghost pirate crew and Pharrell who just, just parks. And with great style, I don't know, Hope, if you want to describe it, you make your entrance along with the chrome surfboard.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, she'd totally be going as fast as she could and then do, like, the slide stop to see if she could cover everyone in dust but stop before actually hitting
4: somebody. Oh, <laughs> do you bring up a wave of sand? <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. All right, that happens. Awesome. Uh, well, really you know, hang on. Blinkers. Let's get a piloting check. This is a difficult move. You're trying to look cool. I think this is a skill check. Uh, let's get a piloting...
3: holy agree.
4: ...check for you. Is there anyone in particular targeting, or it the whole crew?
3: It's a natural 20, so everybody.
4: So it lands... It's everybody, and it lands within a millimeter of everybody. Uh, let's see who breaks and puts their hands up. Uh, let's get a... Um, charisma saving throw of the very rare charisma saving throw who who can stand up to this and not flinch and put their hands up as if they're about to get hit with dust
5: am Mm. I on the board or is am I one of the targets
4: Uh, (laughs) yeah you're on the board (laughs) so Mr. Charisma doesn't get to make the savings like I got all this charisma and I don't get to use it
1: (laughs) might I be able to use constitution instead and just take the sand to my eyeballs and
4: not uh Let's that'll be a follow up roll. Let's see if you flinch oh, first. This oh is no. a flinch
2: test. Yes. Yes. I got a 27.
5: What? Yeah. what? Wow.
2: Where I have a pl- have a plus 10. So, I he's have at a...
5: peace with himself. He's yeah. he's zen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Felt pretty good after my I've half.
5: never heard Scott say no. <laughs> 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 We've been playing for four years. I've never You're
4: heard not
2: of wrong. 27, guys. I think that's the highest number of anything I've ever had. Yeah, it's a mo- mo- momentous day for Scott. Oh, I screwed up. Sh- shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the wrong thing. I, well, hit this, how- I hit the... No, wait. My saving throw modifier... No,
4: you have a plus 10 to your... No, I do. Modifier. Never mind. I got it
2: right. It's 27. Yeah. I got it right.
1: Okay. But 19 for me. Oh, not bad. Okay. I also have one uh,
2: for Constitution, but that's not what I used. Anyway.
4: Yeah, so the principal saves as well.
2: It is 27.
4: We got a bunch of badass heroes here. Nobody flinches. Nobody flinches. Nice. Nobody does anything. It lands within a millimeter of them. You look cool. Everyone else gets to look cool. Even Scott managed to look cool here. Like it's, you know. (laughs) Again, I'm just impressed with the 27. I've never seen you roll
2: that I've never I never
4: have. I'm happy for you. It's these are these are laughs of joy for you. Um great. So, yeah, uh, everyone looks cool. You, you do the thing and uh like the the, the sand, you know, whoosh, makes a big wave, lands a millimeter in front of them, perfect perfect geometry. And um and nobody flinches. They all just have their hands, you know, either on their Waste or looking in their cool badass way, and the party is now reunited, having uh, taken care of their plans for last week. Awesome, excellent.
0: We all have returned, and now we
6: can begin the hunt.
4: Principal walks over to the fire pit, pl- like a fire pit that he's made, and begins lighting a flame. Food. All right, is the
5: is it evening? <laughs> is this the time to make the the meal? Or what? what yeah, I mean, going? you guys are back okay.
4: together. You're hunting the like the the idea is you're going to hunt the Tarrasque. Uh, you have time to prep, so. Whatever prep you want to begin then let's do that and then you can get started uh you know uh, get started after that
5: all right well the idea is that there is a long rest after the meal is eaten okay so perfect
4: so yes yeah, yeah. so you'll need the evening um so yeah what time do you want to start like you you're now back together the the conversation last week um said to go back and listen was just around battle plans and around what everyone needed to go collect to prepare there's no actual like discussion about how to start or provoke it into waking up or will it wake up I did end off last week with it beginning to emerge from the ground but your characters don't know that Um (laughs) So just, <laughs> this music's hilarious.
2: <laughs> I know. I don't know why I chose
4: it. I don't it.
5: know. I, yeah, I don't know what this is now. <laughs> this is really setting
4: a, setting a tense mood. <laughs>
2: I think I just, I'm thinking about that new Assassin's Creed and got me in the mood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you've all You have everything you need for the hunt, yes?
5: Uh Yeah, we do. Um, I think the big thing for us is we're going to. I, I got the bowls I needed. I'm going to make a meal this evening. We can start in the morning, but do you have any idea how to draw it out?
0: Yes, I will. Um... Unless you have a better option than what I have available to me, I plan on agitating the flows of lava around his area. That should provoke him from his nest. What time of day would it be best to pursue him? I can't imagine that light would be an advantage or disadvantage for this beast. But it may
5: impact us. Morning, afternoon, evening. Well, I think our plan is to uh, put together a little magical concoction that I have to help fortify us for the battle to come. Rest so everybody is at the top of their game and we can start first thing in the morning. Can your concoction affect metals? I mean, are you asking to try some? I do not consume normal food as you do I consume metal mm. Well, sounds like you're shit out of luck But let me think about You are it. unable to bless my food You know, this is really food I create uh, Maybe I can put something together you can stomach We'll see very well. And that really is me seeing. I don't... Let me see if it gives any indication here. Um... It doesn't really say. It just says, Magnificent food and drink. So, if he eats metal that's his food. Maybe he can eat this food.
4: So it's magnificent though. So on this front I think maybe there's like magical would be magical limitations because metal then the spell would just be conjure like iron or gold. <laughs> like you know, it's like if you know it's food. I guess it's not specific, but he's just eating nuts and bolts. He's in a very special camp of his own. I don't think it's gonna work. I think your inclination is right.
5: He can have some if he wants, but yeah. Although technically, some course. food
4: has iron in it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but well, then we're getting into that whole technically rabbit hole, and I uh, don't
5: know. That's your. I'll give him a bowl. It's not going to be withheld from him.
4: Oh, he can, can have... you? Can the bowl be made of like aluminum or something?
5: Uh. You know, honestly, Bo, it's a little sketchy on the details (laughs) on how this works. I don't mean to shock you here, but it says Uh, it it creates food and drink, but it doesn't say anything about how it manifests, what kind it is. Well, Uh, it's it's
4: magical food, so, I mean, it's not, like, going to have permanence, right? Unless you eat it and gain digestive effects. Takes one hour to consume, disappears yeah it's also funny because if you want to get technical if, you, if your food if you metabolize the food and it disappears is it still in your system you know does it still metabolize as cells in your body but that's thinking too hard about these things <clears throat> um, I'm going to say no though he like strictly eats like minerals and ores and that's distinctly not food I think All right. But, yeah so I think not
5: well, that's just another limitation of his shitty chrome body, so he can live yeah. with that.
4: Yeah, he'll be fine with it. Uh, with, a, with some disappointment, he returns to starting to stoke the fire so you can prepare your feast.
3: Um, Varel, would you be willing to show us the pathway you've set up?
1: I point at the mountains. <laughs>
3: Could you fly us over it so we know where we're going tomorrow?
1: Oh, Yes. Shall we on board now, or shall we enjoy this fine meal?
5: Uh, it's going to take me a little bit to get it prepared if you all want to go take a look. I can certainly follow everybody's lead in the morning.
1: Very well.
2: Stanley, do you need <laughs> yeah. any help making it? Do you need any, like, kitchen help?
5: No, I think you should probably see as much of the plan as possible, Nash, so you are hopefully going to retain some of it.
1: All right. All right. With uh, the aid of heist music, I will fly everybody over the canyon.
2: <laughs> Perfect. We have i some
1: What was that? Make work for you, but.
2: oh I got some. Here's some heist music. See, this got like a uh... sneaking
1: around stuff. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. That'll work.
2: Yeah, that works.
1: The goblins are embedded here, along the canyon's base, or perhaps the top. It's difficult to tell because they're so stealthy. The lizardfolk are prepared with their grappling hooks from Carvalon, and will attempt to hold the beast down. Dynamite explodes here, burying the beast's foot, or at the very least creating a slippery situation where they might fall. I will then jump atop the beast and attempt to enter its hide through the back. If not, I will request pickup perhaps I will join this fate six with an excellent jump. And we will speed towards the shadow uh, excuse me, I had the wrong property in mind. Uh, stormlands we will speed towards the stormlands or we might lose it in the fog and lightning.
3: Cool. Hope listens and studies the terrain, trying to make a mental map of it.
5: Having Varel say, create a slippery situation is the highlight of the session for me. (laughs) (laughs) Create a
4: slippery situation. I like it. Well done. All right. Anyone have any questions for Varel?
1: Your job is to lead them here, to this canyon, where they might fell my trap. Seems easy enough to me.
3: Yeah, I think we can do it.
1: Excellent. Let's go partake in Stanley's subpar but magical cooking. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow. <laughs> is, it's like one of those reality show things where they it's off camera and they're like, oh yeah, it's subpar cooking. Um, Alright, so everyone having uh, the lay of the land uh, here, you know, take a quick flight back down to the encampment and um, there, there they find Stanley uh, who's been silently, I guess, or however it is you're doing it, I don't mean to characterize it for you, preparing the meal.
5: Yep. It takes an hour to prepare, right? Actually, I think it might only take 10 minutes. I thought it took a long, a bit longer, but eh, they probably work on that. Long. Well, you
4: timed it. As soon as you saw them on the horizon, you're like, finally I can get started.
5: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> it was an awesome, like, awkward time just sitting next to the principal. Probably not the... the yeah it's most definitely awkward silence in the world yeah yeah You're, it's
4: it, the, the time is spent silently. He's like prepping the fire, and then he sits and just stares off into the distance, almost like a statue for some time, not with no impetus to say anything to you unless you were to talk to him. there'd be no, just silence
5: Stan- Stanley doesn't talk to him either. It's just awkward, yeah,
4: incredibly awkward. So then it's a great relief when the Fate Six emerges again on the horizon, and you begin prepping the meal and have the repast ready. Uh, The principal looks to you as the the ship returns. He finally moves, uh, turns to you, uh, Stanley, and he says, I will be in my
0: rocket ship. I must, I must, 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 I will be in my rocket ship. If something urgent is that I'm
5: needed for, come and come get me. They only just gives them, Uh huh. He probably did genuinely find the "I'll be in my rocket ship" a little bit funny.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna be funny until he said, "Like I'll be in, I'll be in my rocket ship. I'll be in my <laughs> rocket ship." <laughs>
5: I just feel like he sounds like a little <laughs> kid. He's got a little rocket ship bed, and he's like, I'm being my rocket ship. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he just he moves off to be by himself. And, you know, maybe there's a little bit of why didn't he do that at first? Why did he have to spend an hour awkwardly sitting with you not saying anything? But, oh, well, that's how this that's how it went. Um, yeah. And so if the fate six lands and the party is reunited once again. The sun is beginning to go down. The night starry sky is is starting to fill uh, with the the lights of the stars. Campfire glows and glitters across a very black desert
5: landscape. He lays out the food for everybody. Has a seat, starts eating himself. Does
4: the rest of the party join? Yeah. Alright, and then it's after the long rest that the effects of your spell take effect?
5: Uh, No, it'll be right away, but because the spell lasts 24 hours, um, we'll still have it in the morning. Okay, got it.
4: Okay, so, Uh, and then just as a refresher, I'm going to make a little note of it because I keep forgetting. It's uh, immune to frightened and charmed or something? So,
5: you are immediately cured of all diseases and poison. You are now immune to poison and being frightened. All wisdom saving throws are made with advantage and your hit point maximum increases by 2d10. So, everybody will need to roll 2d10. And add that to your maximum HP total. Now,
4: now if you've previously added two D ten, make sure that comes off. By the way, <laughs> just keep adding. <laughs> it's like I've got eight hundred hit points from all these heroes' feasts.
5: So weird.
2: Lame. I got a nine. Whatever. I'll take it. Well, I did better than rail by one.
5: I only got. Five.
2: Oh. so <clears throat> i won't complain
5: yeah you, you gotta work hard to get a five <laughs>
4: yeah, 2d10 sounds big but then you roll it and you're like oh the, the range is 2 to 20 so
5: it just i like it because it balances out the uh the mask which i'm gonna use in the morning so it helps a little
2: hmm.
4: very good is there a wind sound playing i love it it's
2: very moody oh yeah because we're still <laughs> you know desert planning
4: so yeah. Is so. I take it, given the tone of of how everyone's feeling, there isn't a lot of conversation during this meal. It's like almost a, a quiet, a calm before a great meal. fight. Yeah. The exhaustion of years spent battling demons and all number of endless foes, and now one that's just so you don't know what it is, but are being told that it's overwhelmingly daunting. I mean, perhaps. Varel is just typically silent. I don't know. I'm characterizing the silence. Maybe that's incorrect, but there's that tone to this evening's meal.
2: Nash would definitely not have a ton to say because he is feeling very, um, he's still sort of conflicted, but he's also trying to keep in the moment like he was being, like he was trying to be trained earlier, trying to, you know stay on on that target so he would be very yeah there's still
4: chill. like a lot of
2: sobbing coming
4: from your shoulder when you put your clothes back on but there's like a little wet spot on your shoulder sometimes <laughs> great
2: i'll i'll reach over there and just kind of pat it once in a while just like you know yeah. they're there
4: do you want to give him any of the heroes feast um yeah
2: i give him a spoon or two hmm. I don't know where it hey, goes, but yeah. You've
4: never you've never fed him before and he's you know, there's a little bit of like, Oh, what is this taste?
2: <laughs> like mm, he's never eaten before. Do you know if we share the same digestive system?
4: Uh I know. I don't know if you you don't know. I don't
2: know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, ass- to... I'll assume it's down the same hole I get, so I'll just feed him and give him a little bit of it. Just to sort of you know share because I know he's sort of sentient now. I mean, obviously very. Uh, even though I, my, in my head, I'd be getting the full benefit of the meal, and maybe will anyway.
4: But yeah, I mean, maybe at one point a butthole will emerge somewhere, and you'll have two of those. Sweet, and If it is a different digestive system. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it'll be in your forehead. That's yeah. great. It Thanks both for doing that, <laughs> Oh, <geez. laughs> I hope not. Um, Okay, so yeah, he he eats it with great delight and it actually calms down his sadness because eating food is a wonderful experience and he's quite content with that. "Mm, mm, 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 I love this and asks for more. At a certain point, he said there's no more, but do that. Okay, any other last uh, planning conversations RP to do before we move on?
5: Well, it does occur to me that uh, if this goes well, while we still have to deal with uh, the man in the ship, there's a good chance that this might be the last time that we are all together. Why would that be? Well, uh, this is kind of it. If we restore this planet, and magic goes away as they're saying... We're going to have to decide if we want to stay here and be a part of that world, or if we're going to leave and go somewhere else. Nash's family isn't here. Hope, you have a kingdom you may want to rebuild, or you have the freedom to go wherever you want. Varel, you know, you can rebuild KeaValon, or I think, I don't know, I don't remember if this was set around Stanley or not. But, you know, you could take over the solar mines with all your people here for, you know for all I know, you know? What is everybody's plan?
3: I'd want to start over and rebuild my kingdom. I owe what's left of my people that much.
2: I just want to help raise my kids. And where do you want to raise them?
5: Currently they're on Mars. You going to bring them back here?
2: Well, depending on how things look here, and I think there's still some question about that until we're done. Maybe. But worst case, I, you know, anywhere's fine. Maybe I'll take him to Planet Nash.
5: And what about you, Varel?
1: You all will always have a home here. I will make it in the solar mine's pit, ideally and retake an ancient land that we may explore Cavalon
3: what about you Stanley
5: well I don't know I got kind of roped into this gig maybe I should actually see something through for once but uh, uh, I-, I don't know the elves currently are homeless, but they're also an innately magical group of people. I don't know how happy they're going to be on a uh, mundane world.
1: Perhaps we could all use some mundanity after these adventures.
5: Well, sounds like no matter what, we're not going to be too far. At first things first, we got yet another big beastie to deal with, so... To another big beastie, and Stanley will lift a magical glass or whatever it is, and
2: hold it up to the beastie. The beastie. The beastie. Is is beastie? beastie. I was gonna say. Is he, <laughs> is he still here?
4: <laughs> yeah, I can kind of hear you, in spite of not having ears. Which is another thought that enters your mind as you toast to the beastie.
2: Is um principal still there with us?
4: He's in his rocket ship. Oh, well, that's
2: right. <laughs> that's right.
4: Well, the silence lingers over everyone as they somberly toast and finish eating their meal. Um, I would ask if you are going to do a long rest tonight in preparation for your battle. Yep. What time do you what time are we setting the alarms for?
2: <laughs> um And your thing lasts 24 hours, John? Or your your food? Yeah. So we don't want to be too lazy here and sleep too much. So we should probably get up and...
5: Say, sun up. Yeah. You know, enough to get us the full long rest and then get to it.
4: All right. So everyone finds their place to sleep. Varel in his sand, uh, sand pit that he digs out. Everyone else, you know, on their bedrolls if they have them. If not, just laying out on the sand in some way to get comfortable. Um, the sky in the desert is bright and clear, not a cloud to be seen. Barely a sound in the quiet desert. No animals can be heard. No buzzing that's that dead silence except for the wind that the desert offers everyone's dreams are filled with memories for some reason on this night memories of Dust Hill and the dwarves of Mog the invasion of the goblins and Dust Hill that first sent you spiraling on this months and years long adventure the endless rows of houses in Sigil, of the deep depths of the ancient civilization in Carvelon, and this uh, the center for human demon interdisciplinary studies below it, the pits of Razigval, the bustling mercantilism of Orfowitz and the great imposing castle of the Teat, the deep dark pit of the black mine in the western nature this alien place of slave town the planets and nebulae of space that you traveled in the forests of the biodome of Elhandar all these memories of your journey fill your minds in what is a ultimately very restful sleep but also one filled with a slight twinge of sadness and anxiety and apprehension at what the future might hold. These fights and these struggles have so defined your very characters that there is an alarm and anxiety associated with these thoughts of it all being over. If you don't have inspiration, gain inspiration for many years of well-played D&D. And the sun comes soon enough and rest is wrung from your minds sooner than you'd like as reality sinks back in and the rising sun turns the night into light blue. The principal is out from his rocket ship Standing at the edge of the camp Staring off into the distance And a low rumbling can be heard in the ground As it shakes everyone who might be trying to sleep He looks back to the party as they rouse The world is waking
0: Our time is nigh Get on your chrome surfboards and let's bag us to the last.
4: And with that, to the break, a little glass of water,
2: pressure, and we'll return to the Excellent. We'll be back shortly, everybody. Go pee, drink, do the things you do, and we'll be right back. All right, Bo, it's back to you, sir.
4: All right, so um, everyone rouses from their slumber. It is uh, early morning. The sun is coming up over the horizon, and the heat's already beginning to rise. The principal walks over after saying his line and moves to one of the chrome surfboards, throws it down, jumps on it, and flies up and says...
2: I think we're ready
5: Stanley will uh, activate his uh, mask and uh, gain foresight and then go over and get on the board
4: refresh me on foresight just briefly that's an advantage on something Yeah,
5: it's basically advantage on everything, disadvantage on anything trying to attack him
4: Gotcha. Okay, perfect. So you cast your spell of foresight. Its duration is eight hours. Eight hours. Yeah, great. Um, all right, and you are. So who's flying on their own boards? Uh, I'll be on my own board. Okay. I hope I know we'll have one for herself. Nash, yep. you. How are you feeling about boarding?
2: Feeling fine, I would uh, kick in my Draconic Resilience and have 17 uh, armor class instead of the crappy 14 I have right now.
4: Great. Okay. So you kick in your Draconic Resilience. Um, So the boards themselves have, uh, they're like, they're Silver Surfer looking type boards. They're made of chrome. They float magically once the ignition has been ignited, which are a series of foot pedals. Um, towards the back. Now, whether you ride regular or goofy, if you're left-handed or right-handed, is up to you. Either way, it's going to be one of your feet towards the back. There is an engine on the back of each of the boards, and so once you kick it on, there's like this like pod racer style sound um, as everything floats up. <sighs> controlling it, it seems to be in tune with how your legs want it to move and there isn't a lot of risk of actually slipping in spite of it feeling like it it maintains its own balance, so it's a platform to stand on. You don't have to guide it as much as you would, say, like a regular skateboard if you have any experience with that kind of thing. So, um, you know, as everyone gets on their boards and floats up, Pharrell, I imagine you'll be taking the Fate 6 off to the to meet them. There, so now it's time for farewells and any last parting instructions to Varel as he will will not be a part of this initial
2: opening. Uh, Nash is good.
5: Nope. I think so. We'll give him a nod.
1: Ate the beast well.
4: (laughs) And with that line, Varel turns uh, to the to the Fate Six and the Fate Six ascends into the sky and floats towards the mountain range. It is now just the three of you and the principal. The principal looks to you all, motions to follow, and begins uh, flying uh, off into the distance in a different direction.
5: Alright, I'll follow.
4: So uh, So what you find is that the breeze is welcoming in the desert heat as you move quickly and fly high up into the air. You can fly as high as you want and the principal does ascend quite high where the fall would be very precarious, uh, but you're able to cover more distance that way and see more out into the air. Uh, as you're about halfway up to cloud cover, um, you move brisk, briefly or briskly through the air. Um, desert quickly gives way to cracks in the ground, uh, like large veins of lava emerging and bubbling and very soon underneath you it's nothing but steam and red brown land that's percolating and moving and then he looks back to you and he he looks back to the group and he points and in the direction he points you can see the top of some kind of carapace percolating in the center of a large lava lake he comes to a stop just above this carapace, like, well, high up, but, you know, towards the top of it. And he turns to the party, and he begins saying,
0: I will rouse it from its slumber early. It should be caught unawares, but my anticipation is that it will start by attacking me. I will lead it towards the mountain range, however, should it just become distracted, then, if you are the one it is chasing, then you should do the same. Although we have a plan to trap it on the mountain range, we should do what we can to damage it on the way, potentially. Find any weaknesses, learn what you can about it. This beast will have heavy resistance to our attacks. Be prepared for anything. Any questions?
5: None. I think so. Then, let us begin.
4: All right, I'm back. Um, so the principal moves along his board and descends, and as he descends, he reaches both hands in front of himself and a uh, large glowing light begins illuminating. His body begins vibrating, and he floats a little bit off the board as beams of light, white and iron, hot and steaming, descend from his hands and begin. He targets the, the lava lake around him, and it begins percolating and bubbling. And a large bubble of lava begins heating up. Uh, while this heating up is occurring, we will change maps in rule 20 to the map that we're going to be on for this segment. Oh, um, place your tokens where they need to be placed. No Bok Bok, no Pharrell. Um, don't uh, I guess the creature is visible in the center of the board here. So the principle is here. As the, as the lava begins heating up, the carapace begins shaking and the earth begins sh- shuddering. You can actually, it's enough that even in lava you can see ripples forming, splashes of lava splash up and the, the carapace begins rising and as it rises lava sort of streaks off it like he's coming out of the shower and the large face emerges. And this face has large reptilian eyes that go from the front to back that are long and there's cracks and steaming of purple through the red as this thing is of the weir and looks demonic. Its carapace animates. It moves. Parts of his shell rotate. And on those pieces of shell are other pieces of shell that also rotate like he's designed to traverse through earth itself. Everything's a grinder upon grinder upon grinder on his carapace. And it moves up. And a large mouth emerges from the lava pit. The mouth is long and spherical and it has spheres of teeth. And one sphere of teeth rotates this way and the other sphere of teeth farther back rotate counterclockwise. They move counter in an endless pit of teeth and you hear as the creature emerges and the hands emerge and it rises up the size of a mountain shooting past everyone and you're no longer looking down but looking up as it Emerges from the lava, dripping everywhere with lava and purple energy, everything on its body animating and rotating circles, its teeth spitting pieces of rock everywhere in a torrent above him. And it screams out and it begins looking around. It moves faster than something that size you would think, as it just quickly merges from the ground. And it looks for its assailant. Um, and locks on to the laser that the uh, the laser light that the principal is shooting into the earth. Now the principal seeing that it's paying attention to him lets go and readies his body to take on the creature. Roll for initiative.
1: Oh, man. Do you want me to be a part of this one for later?
4: Uh we can get you to roll in later. So sure. oh, yeah, I don't need yours. Nine. Uh, okay, Nash is a nine. Twenty-four.
3: Twenty-four
4: for Hope. Twenty. Josh Dang. Twenty it. for Stanley. <laughs> back, back to the back to the normal Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright, let me get one for our friend here, the oh, Okay.
5: Okay, uh, Hope. one thing uh, you all may want to double check your HP total the long rest reset my override um, so just oh, okay. that might be something to take a look at
4: good call Stanley
5: I'm actually at negative five hit points but uh, not negative five total but I'm anyway the mask did some work to me but
4: excellent all right so um that puts hope you're first up and the creature whose carapace is rotating is grinders upon grinders of it's hard to tell what it's like it's like an organically made series of drills on top of organically made series of drills as this large bipedal beast emerges halfway out of the lava its mouth and face directed towards the principal
3: Cool. Uh with as big as it is, she doesn't think it'll pay much attention to her if she takes a shot at it just to see what happens.
4: Okay, the so you're going to you have, you have a crossbow, so you bring up the crossbow and aim it at the creature. All right, yeah. opening first opening shot.
3: At 29.
4: 29 is a hit. You can roll damage dice.
3: A 12 piercing.
4: 12 piercing damage. Alright. Alright, you deal 12 piercing damage to the creature. Uh, the, the, it, it goes through, takes the damage. Uh, damn, it's such a. Where's my calculator? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need it for this one. <laughs> uh, I dropped a hint. Alright. Alright, you're opening shovel. You draw. Shalvo. Salvo. Salvo. <laughs> Shelvo, <laughs> Shelvo, you draw first blood upon the creature um as you fire out the the arrow it sticks it finds its mark true between layers of carapace hitting something in there disappears inside of its flesh um but you you intuitively know it's done some damage even though it's quite far away like it, it hit its mark that you intended between its carapace but Um, no change in its status. It's as as if, you know, a gnat gave it a bug bite, basically.
3: All right. um, And then she'll kind of wait where she is, ready to start gliding should anything change.
4: Okay, you can ready and, well, you've already used an attack action this turn, so you can't ready anything, but I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, Stanley, you're up.
5: All right. Let's uh, test the magical... Uh, vulnerabilities on this thing Stanley will fire uh, all four now uh, beams of Eldritch Blast against the creature
4: Use your cantrips right? yep are you going to fire all four of them?
5: yep that's a 30 to hit a 17 to hit a 22 to hit and a 24 to hit
4: what was the first one? a uh, 30 a thirty, okay. Yeah. So four beams of eldritch light blast out. Are they concurrent or is it one at a time? One at a time. One at a time. So the first one being the thirty. The first one, <laughs> eldritch blast from your hands as you sort of fly on your the, sur- the on on the chrome surfboard <laughs> hits it hits carapace. Um, I have to roll a dice here. Oh wait, yeah, you had to make a range attack roll, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. It hits the carapace and then reflects back and shoots into the air and reflects back out into the air. The remaining uh, three hit it and are absorbed by the carapace. So the one in which you had a successful attack roll reflected up into the air, the ones which did not have successful attack rolls were absorbed by the carapace.
5: Oh, wow. 24 didn't hit it? No. Oh, geez. Uh, All right. Well, hey, I don't have to even roll damage. That's uh, saved me some rolls. <laughs> look at that silver lining, I guess. Yep, right? yep, look at the bright side. Didn't have, even have to roll some some dice.
4: Perfect. All right, and with that, the, the is tira- now the trask moves towards the principal, and it begins di- half of its it moves its mouth halfway into the lava and is like grinding through the ground as it charges down and makes uh, multi attacks on its turn and it has five attacks so it makes uh, one it tries it firstly tries to bite the principal okay and it misses entirely Um, then it also as it tries to attack he tries to clip it with its teeth at the same time and there is a tooth attack Uh, so let's get that one in. Holy shit, you guys! And like, the principal's dead.
5: Because that would no. work out really well for us.
4: I'll be honest. I rolled one twice in a row. Whoa!
5: Oh. Well, that yeah, we do. Nice. He's bad,
4: he's good. Not a good he's bad. Well, <laughs> I just that's yeah. The, the first one I was like, okay, you know, it happens. Wait, didn't you hear the egg?
1: He was just born. You know, he, his first day.
4: He emerged. He emerged from the earth. Just. I mean, if there's egg, it must be buried in lava. There's no evidence of any egg. <clears throat> um, Twelve for this one. So, okay. So then it attacks with its um, attacks with its claws. Okay.
2: Real quick for the math, that was a one in four hundred chance to do two ones in a row.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's very like, oh, okay. We're this is how it's gonna. go. It's a 025
2: right, percent so chance overall. Oh, oh my god, I gotta roll so many dice for this. This is not good.
1: Repeating, of course.
4: Oh, 20. I just realized
5: all my attacks should have been with advantage, but it sounds like it wouldn't have mattered, so fine. That might I have. That. Oh
4: No, well, okay. Yeah, sorry. It might have for hitting, is what I meant to say. Alright, um so... He tries once to bite, tries once to slash with tail. Now he has two um, uh, claw attacks. The first claw attack hits the principal, shearing his his metal, dealing 56 points of piercing damage. It's a non-magical attack, so it is halved, and the principal takes 28 points of piercing. And now there's a second attack from him. And that also hits, oh my god, the dice. I didn't prep my dice. <laughs> when you need four of them, I like to roll them all at once. So. Okay, so 32, then divided by two, is 15. So the second attack with the claws hits the principal as well as he swipe twice upon the surfboard, uh, taking another 17 points of damage. Uh, three, five, okay perfect and then finally um, merging from the lava its tail emerges <sighs> let me see here and the tail also attempts to swipe at the principal and misses <sighs> um, that is that for that um, okay so that the, and then it begins chasing the principal obviously rushing to his, his direction Um it is now the principal's move, and the principal, clutching the, his chest, looking, examining the damage quickly, moves off and, and flies into the direction of the mountains, whoosh, racing off in his in his chrome surfboard. Um, and you know makes a parting shot at, back at him with again with his laser hands, just sort of holding the beam out and and, and tempting him and baiting him with the with the with the hit. Um, I will. The beam hits the carapace of of the creature and reflects into the air, and reflects in the air the same way as your Eldritch Blasted. Nash, you're up.
2: Okay, quick question. Um, These boards give us verticality as well as speed and distance. Like, can we go up? That's right. Okay.
4: Yeah, ninety feet of movement. Um, Like your dragon form.
2: Okay, but but up and down, not just. Yeah. Not, yeah. They don't have to have land to hover on. They can fly, basically.
4: No, you can fly as high as you want. Okay. Yeah, they're, not ground, they're not bound to the ground.
2: Okay. I would try to, um, at least as best I could, calculate where the principal is in relation to the Tarrasque so I don't hit him mm-hmm. with what I'm about to do. But I would like to launch uh, a fireball directly to the center space of the dude, of the Tarrasque. Okay. Of the creature, I should say. Sure. Then. Um, and I'm going to do that. At uh, let's do it. At, psh, do it at third level here. Um, okay. Hold on one second here. <clears throat> Fireball. Okay. This is a Dex eighteen save you need to make. A uh, Dex, sorry, Dex eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is that right? Yeah, Dex eighteen. Okay. Uh,
4: fail. It'll take full damage. For your okay, fireball. good.
2: Here we go. Uh, that is eight d six damage, total of thirty one points of fire damage. Okay, so before that, so sorry, how many points of damage? Thirty one. Thirty one.
4: All right, and this. Okay, so the t- just so I understand the targeting on your spell, can yeah. you provide me that information? Yes.
2: Uh, um, real quick, here it is. It's not not an attack roll spell, it's a saving throw. Correct, correct. Uh, So I can do 150 feet of distance and then 20 feet of radius.
4: Yeah, Yeah. perfect. All right, so the fireball, uh, sorry, how much damage was it again? 31. 31. So I'm just reading, I'm just trying to make sure I read this correctly. Okay, so you deal 31 points of fire damage to the creature. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me just check resistances here. Yeah, the fire damage go. Fire damage goes through for the full amount of the damage. Yeah. And um, that's good. Is it? Is it because you hit the carapace, and it doesn't reflect in the way that uh, Stanley's has, and the fire bursts into underneath and and deals awesome. damage uh, to the creature. Awesome. Okay, so uh, thirty one. Let me get my calculator out again. All right. Yeah. Perfect. All right. It's a uh, you score an excellent hit and hit the fireball. And and there's a you know it's the size of a mountain, so it's like it's you know it's still a considerable explosion. Uh, chips off some of the grinders upon its carapace, but it keeps moving towards the principal.
2: I would move um, just for just to keep things mixed up a little bit and keep him thinking about where people are. I would move here, uh, same plane. I wouldn't go up or down. Just just move okay. that distance.
4: So one of the weird things about this map we're going to use is that uh, everything looks very static, but a lot of this battle is going to be on the go. So I want you to picture your fighting is not you're standing in one place, but you're maintaining a speed in relation to the creatures. Gotcha. The creatures like It's like fighting a train or something. It's moving. It's probably not going to stop moving, and you're going to be coasting it all the way along to Varel. So okay. you maintain that distance behind it okay. as you hit it with a fireball. <sighs> we're all in movement now. It's just I can't really do that on a VTT, no, no. Sounds so good. It's all we good. have to make do with our imagination. Sure. Okay, um, perfect. Well done, Nash. Anything else with your turn? You move mm, into nope. position behind it and chase it. Um, that b- moves us back up to... Oh, wait a second. We have a legendary action. Not legendary action. Yeah, it is a legendary action. It can be done at the end of uh, the turn of the creature, and the creature uses its legendary action to continue to move closer to the principal. And he begins closing the gap considerably between him and the principal. So the principal would have moved 90 feet out, 10, 20, 30. I need, we need a bigger map. <laughs> I obviously did not plan for the 90 feet of movement. Uh, but essentially, he, he brings himself closer to the to the, terra- uh, to, to the principal. He's closing in. So as it stands, the principal, it, with this new information, the terrace could, in theory, outpace the surfboards as he begins closing the distance between him and the principal. Uh, That brings us to Hope, to your turn.
3: Okay, so movement-wise, Hope is going to stay parallel to the principal. Okay. Um, so close enough, she'd be able to like swoop in and grab him and kind of ride off a bit if she needed to. But not in the line of fire in case he's got a beam or something, a cone, you know. One sure of those can. many things that could happen. And then she'll fi- fire another bolt.
4: Okay, so you're going to fire another crossbow bolt at him? Okay, make your attack roll, please.
3: It's a miss. It's a 15
4: yeah, fifteen does not connect. It hits the carapace and just sticks in the side then gets grinded up in the grinders of his carapace.
3: All right, cool. So hope again, parallel to the principal, ready to move if something happens.
4: Okay. All right. And I'm actually just working on a, on a air play space with a bit more space, so you're gonna move up towards the principal with him.
3: Yeah, so in front of the terrasse, but off to the side in case there's right. a, a cone or a beam
4: okay so i'm just moving everyone into relational position as you surf on your chrome surfboards but i just made a larger version of the map so you have more yeah we can measure a little better i'm just going to move it in roll 20 now should look pretty much identical except it'll be bigger okay excellent so yeah uh, you have multi-attacks did you want to shoot more than once
3: oh uh, i had the crossbow
4: yeah no, you're not uh, I can't it?
3: do it uh, multiple times because of how long it takes to load the crossbow.
4: Oh really? You...
3: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the load, um, loading.
4: Oh uh, yeah, we haven't used crossbows. I'm like, oh I guess that sounds right. It is a magic. Yeah, magical
5: I think crossbow. there's a, I think there's a feat that lets you overcome it, but yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird bow thing.
4: Interesting, interesting. Um yeah, yeah, I guess we I... haven't considered and we never really played with crossbows before, so I hadn't considered the that to be an issue. Okay, well good to know. Um Yep. So how do you reload it then? Is it is it an action? What's the action economy of the reload?
3: That's a good question.
4: <laughs> I'm actually trying to look for that now because I'm like crossbow. Let me just see if I can't find a heavy, you—you you guys, light crossbow or heavy crossbow? That matters first. We didn't Mine's
3: a hand a crossbow. crossbow.
5: Mine's a light.
4: Loading because of the time required to load this weapon, you can fire only one piece of ammunition from it when you use an action, bonus action, or reaction to fire it. Regardless, of the number of attacks. Norm- oh, it's a keyword feature on the on the crossbow. So it's just limited to one shot, no matter how. M- oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's not not an optimal for action economy on your part, considering. You know what you're able to get done with certain weapons
3: yeah so same
4: with light and heavy too okay well, we didn't know that yeah all right well that's how it goes good to clarify that all right so you make your one shot and you fly parallel along the side with the principal and we now move to stanley
5: all right first thing i'm gonna do is i'm going to try to hex the creature mm-hmm. um which doesn't have any sort of save or anything. It's something that's supposed to just happen, unless there's, uh, I don't know, chicanery involved. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So, what's the tar? Uh,
4: the question would be, what sort of targeting is it? Is it a saving throw like the There is none.
5: It just happens. Okay. Perfect. They're they're just hexed. Um. Oh.
4: oh, there's no. It happens no matter what you're saying. Right. There's no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is the spell? Sorry, the name of the spell, please. Hex. It is okay. All right, I'm. I'm trying to. Sorry if it's a dumb question. I'm just trying to do multiple things at once. <laughs> no,
5: that's fine. Okay. Um.
4: Uh. Let's see here. Yeah, hex. Uh, range bonus action. It's a bonus action, by the way.
5: Yep. Yep. Uh, and then I wasn't gonna try any more blast, but. Nash's attack hit it. No, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do... Uh, I'm going to cast Mind Sliver on it. It's an Intelligence 21 saving throw. In lieu of Hex? Yeah, because you have a once... Sp- no, it's, uh, it's a cantrip, so I can do both. Oh,
4: perfect. I was about to ask. Okay, great. So, let's uh, resolve Hex um, first. So, Hex gives you an extra 1d6 necrotic damage whenever, whenever you an hit attack. it, not other yeah. people. Right. Uh, choose one ability. When you cast a spell, a target has disadvantage on ability checks. So, um, let me make a note of that. So, y- you get plus 1d6 and what's the chosen disadvantage?
5: Uh, let's do it with what is there a chance that it might have to? It so many things up against Varel have to use strength checks. I'll go ahead and give disadvantage to strength. I'm sure it has immense strength, but why not? I can see it using that. We'll do disadvantage on that.
4: Okay, perfect. Um, disadvantage on strength checks. Uh, is this modifiable at all during the duration?
5: No. It can. I can move it to another target if the target dies, but I don't suspect I will. Okay. I don't okay, expect great. that will be an issue.
4: Perfect. Um, excellent. It does have a range of 90 feet, just FYI. I think it, um, in it yeah. should be. Okay. And the material components are the petrified eye of a newt, but it doesn't have a gold cost. So no problem on your spell focus using it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What is the hexing? What does your hex sound like? Are you like, I curse thee? <laughs> 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 you know,
5: what look, what, what is look. your hex? What is your curse? If you have it, if not, it's fine. We'll just say I it. don't. I I don't have one ready. Stanley just uh, mutters something in Elvish. You mutter something in Elvish. I'm assuming through your
4: megaphone. However, given yeah. that's your yeah,
5: it's yeah. got to all be loud. So the megaphone is out.
4: Yeah. So you let out your booming Elvish voice, pr- uh, cursing the creature, and then the next spell is Mind Sliver that you wish to cast upon it. So the hex, the hex is effective, uh, I believe. Yeah, you know, there's no saving throw on it either, eh? Yeah. Oh, well, very good. Um good for you, that is. Not for the creature. Um Mind Sliver. This is it once is it one word? Why can't I find it? Uh two. Mind Sliver? Why don't why don't I have mind sliver? I'm just looking I'm searching the spell, I don't see it. I'll look at your character sheet, I guess. It is a spell, right?
5: Yep. No, I invented it. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's uh, not okay. It's not a class feature is what I'm... Uh, it is tied to a feat, but it is a spell, yes. Okay, so it won't...
4: Why it am, I not... am I not seeing it? Because maybe I don't have that book or something stupid like that.
5: Well, I have a sharing on, so if I have it, you should
4: have it. Yeah, what, um, what feat is it tied
5: to? Uh... Magic initiate warlock. Ah, uh, oh, Although it's a cantrip. I, yeah. Okay. Cantrip. Yeah. You um, uh, drive a
4: disorienting spike of psychic energy to the mind of one creature. Target must succeed on an int saving throw or take damage. Uh, and you're casting it up for, well, no, sorry. You are of a certain level. That means the damage is increased. We're 17, right? So, yeah, it's 4d6. Yeah. Okay. So, intelligence saving throw. Yep. Got it. Sorry, I just wanted to, I'm not familiar with the spell, I just wanted to get educated. No, I've never
5: used it, I've had it for a long time, I don't think I've ever used it. So the roll is,
4: the score total
5: is 8, which is, I'm guessing, a fail.
4: Yep. Um, So, you are... uh, Yeah, you are able to roll your damage, what kind of damage is it, necrotic? Uh,
5: It is psychic. Psychic. So that is going to be fifteen Perfect. psychic damage. Now, because that was a save, is that considered an attack? Does hex get added to that, or does it have to actually have an attack roll to be considered an attack?
4: All right, we are oh, we are asking all the questions. Yep, now.
5: I'm just coming to the floor with spells I've never cast before. New questions.
4: I love it. No, it's great. Um, this is this is this is D and D. You place. S- whenever you hit it with an attack so no this is you're not hitting it with an attack when you cast a spell with the same right,
5: this is more just an effect yeah
4: that it's so it doesn't it doesn't trigger your your hex
5: okay so um, 15 psychic damage then is the total and uh if it has to do any saving throw before the end of my next turn it has to subtract 1d4 from it
4: okay minus 1d4 two saving throws one turn oh shit.
5: I need an AI to help
4: me keep track of all this. All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. So you deal. um, So let's resolve. How much was the damage again? 15. 15. Thank you. So 15 psychic. Don't see any. I'm going to just close that. Uh, Don't see any reductions. So it takes the full 15. All right, and let me do an update on the health bar of the creature. Did you guys see the health bar? By the way, is that visible to you? No. Roll twenty. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, just it's helpful for me. Oh, except it's not working. So that's good. I have it on my notepad. All right. Excellent. So yeah, the psychic. It, it you you are able to produce a mind sliver in the mind of it. Are there any visual effects, or is it literally just entering into its mind? Xavier style. Uh,
5: Stanley uh, flashes his, oh, it's just through the voice. So through the megaphone and as he speaks uh, silver crystallines into uh, silver light forms into a little shard that just fires directly into the head and lips right through the carapace magically.
4: Perfect. Perfect. All right. And this, um, this actually causes the creature to tweak a little bit. And you hear as it it grinds up lava in its mouth and and, and moves its its teeth and it spits it everywhere, chasing the principal, chasing it down. It sort of falters a bit like, you know, a gazelle in mid-flight that might trip on a rock but still maintain its... It has a little, like, actually has a visible effect on its movement.
5: Um, Okay, very good. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, That will be it. I mean, for just speaking purposes, I'm going to use my movement to maintain pace and relative position. Okay, great. Um,
4: perfect. Alright, so then you maintain position. The Tarrasque then uses its movement to distance itself closer to the principal as it chases. It uses half of its movement speed. Um, okay, which is that. Where? What's going on with my thing? Okay, here we go. One... All right, so attempts to close the distance. I need to do a bit of measuring here with the ruler. He is within range for more attacks. He is not within range. Oh. The square is here. He is within range of hope. I, I don't think you meant to move there. You're keeping pace with him. Well, he catches up to both of you. That's where you both are. Uh, so it is now the creature's turn, and the creature uh, will use the following as he chases. You know, he's kind of chasing you as well, even though the principal seems to be the primary target because you are flying parallel with him. You are in that scope. Although I know you you mentioned you wanted to stay purposely out of a range. Isn't that right? At the yeah. end of your last turn? Yeah. Um, okay. Regardless, uh, it uses its um, feature to yell, and it. it uh... All right, so it yells out and requires everyone to make a wisdom saving throw versus frightened. I know you have the hero's feast. Do they still have to make the saving throw, or is it just an automatic pass on the hero's feast? I
5: mean, we're immune to it. Everybody can roll it, but if it tries to, it tries to take hold. No, if you're
4: immune, we don't we don't need to yeah. do that. I'm just seeing if there's any other conditions or effects. No, it's only if you're 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 affected by it. So it yells out, Rah! as as the mouth opens and vibrates and takes in more uh, lava and sucks in this huge lake into its mouth and then blows it out. <laughs> Screams everywhere and hope. This, like, you look up and you see the top row of its teeth moving clockwise, and the second row counterclockwise, and the third row clockwise as it bears down and attempts to bite both you and the principal. Um, so the bite attack is happening versus uh, you. Uh, so that is a 24. Hope. That was your AC?
3: Um... I forgot to, I think when I change from the melee to the range, I don't have my 24, so I think I'm at a 22, so it'll hit.
4: What, did you have a shield before?
3: Uh, Yeah, but I need to have a melee weapon equipped for another plus two, so I think with just the shield equipped, it's a 22.
4: Yeah, you did have a shield bonus, it says here. You had a plus two I do not know you had a plus two shield. I guess you had it at some point. Okay, yeah, so it's a 22. That's going to be a hit um okay so uh let's go with the principal as well uh it's also a hit for him so both we're gonna roll damage for you both it's piercing damage we need to start measuring out this distance a little better though i think uh 12 19 21 so 31 points of piercing damage to both you and the principal Okay, and all right. And as as you do that, you are now um, as as the the so you're being bitten. So the mouth clamps down upon you, begins to crunch, and the teeth begin grinding around you. And that's where you take damage as the teeth begin shaving uh, like flesh off of you and the, and steel off the principal, as you both are sucked into its mouth. And um, you are now uh, like. Because of the sucking motion on this creature, it breathes in so hard, you're unable to escape It's that that thing. So you are grappled inside of this area and will continue to take damage um, in this way until you can break free. Um, next up, because you're in the mouth, he can no longer attack you. Um, but he continues to grind through the... like It's just like a meat missile is just flying through the, the lava and he's... whoosh. Flying through, so those attacks will end there. Um, as you are now inside of its mouth, you both you and the principal. It is now the principal's turn. Oh, it's me.
5: It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely you, principal. Principal, yeah, principal please prepare anyone. your turn. <laughs>
4: uh, I'm sorry, everyone. All right. So the principal then. Um, let's see here. <laughs> What will he do? Sorry, one sec. I got a... Of course, Lich has a giant spell list. And I'm trying to do other things. Uh... Okay, as you guys are both in there, um, he opens up... Uh, he- you and Hope, he he floats his way towards you, even though he's restrained. He, re, he he moves inside the vacuum towards you, Hope, and grabs your, reaches out his hand and takes your hand, and then with his other hand he opens up a portal, and then you flow through the portal, and you find you you find both him and yourself are uh, flying uh, in.
2: Hey above. y'all! Uh, something- hey y'all! Uh, uh, why is something- that
4: playing? Who's browsing TikTok while we're playing d d
2: Sorry, there's a tab open. I didn't know it was open. My fine. bad.
4: <laughs> it's definitely TikTok. It auto plays like Well, that, that was my voice, um, but
2: yeah. Um,
4: it's fine. So you open up a portal and you see uh, Sigil. And you fly into Sigil and you're instantly in Sigil. Whoosh, and you're flying through. Um, you're now flying above uh, the great city at the center of the outlands as he pulls you through and you're no longer restrained by the, by the Tarrasque. Um, that is his turn. And now we move to, uh, Nash, it is your turn.
2: Okay. That worked pretty well last time. So, um, given what I know about its fire, uh, susceptibility, Not susceptibility, but it didn't resist it. Uh, I want to try something. So we're going to try um, a level 4 chromatic orb entirely fire-based.
4: You want a fire-based chromatic orb? Yes. Okay.
2: Um, So that's the damage I'm aiming for. And um, let's see... Let me roll for hit Okay Uh, 22
4: Uh, that is not a hit Oh, The chromatic orb Flies to the carapace and it's absorbed Damn it Like looking like sort of a protoss shielding kind of thing But without the hexagons it just sort of hits its carapace And it's like the carapace eats the spell
2: I was sure I was gonna hit with that Um Burn, burn the spell slot Yeah I did um, okay. Well oh, crap. That's my turn. I don't have anything else special to do. <laughs> I all
4: right. Uh, Hope, you are currently flying above the city in Sigil. You see, when you look up, you see there, you know, Sigil is an inverse globe. So there's town above you. There's town below you. And there's all kinds of towns all around. And a lot of people are pointing up at the both of you from the ground below. And look at that back up there. What, what in the nine hells is going on up there? There's a lot of, like, townsfolk just, like, all of a sudden going, as they see, like, a flying chrome man and a a tiefling lady on chrome surfboards flying through Sigil.
3: I hope we'll stay with the principal. All
4: right, and the principal does comment on this so that you have some assurances about what the plan is. Uh, Give me a second.
0: You will return shortly. I'll open a second portal. Uh, ready an action perhaps for when we move through. And uh, I will take us to a safer distance.
4: I misjudge this creature's speed.
3: Hope all say, got it. And stay close.
4: All right. uh, would you like to ready the action as he suggested? Like action like is a ready. A shot or something? All right. You got to tell me what it is. <laughs> it's- just part of the rules. I don't mean. I'm not trying to be a bureaucrat.
3: No, no, sorry, sorry. We're um, we're excited about a venom filter right now. So. Uh,
4: <laughs> sorry, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm,
4: I'm sorry to be part of the chorus of voices Second. demanding your attention.
3: <laughs> yeah. um, her action will be is going. Does going through a portal count as an action?
4: No, no. You, you can. That's part. You can just move through it. Right okay, there.
3: yeah. Just move through. Stick with the principle. Like, as a basic 90s. thing,
4: I would just ready the crossbow attack so that you can use it when you move through. Sound good.
3: Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll trust that the principal is going to set us ahead far enough, but she won't need a double move.
4: Okay, perfect. Um, excellent, so that uh, that is your turn, Stanley. Um, as far as you can
5: tell, Hope and the principal have been swallowed up, uh, you're flying alongside, what do you do? Uh, okay, so Stanley, seeing everything just happen there, uh, how far away from the creature am I about okay i'm I'm gonna move uh kind of kick the board into high gear, trying to get roughly sixty feet away from him um and we're gonna go big I'm gonna cast oh, disintegrate on the creature, oh
4: shit, we got the big D in the house. <laughs> All right.
5: Actually, you know what? No movement yet. I'm gonna cast disintegrate, and they would like a true hero hightail it at high speed. <laughs> it's like, I once it goes off,
4: it's a giant monster. You know, no cowardice here. <laughs> <Just try it>. <laughs> <laughs> no accusations of cowardice here. Um, so this is not the type of targeting is is a dex save.
5: Yep. So uh, it's a dex twenty one save, and you have to subtract a d four from whatever you roll. Ah, very good.
4: That's part of the the mind sliver that you opened him up with, right? Yes. So this is a big one. We want you want this to fail. Uh it's there's a big difference between living and dying here, or succeeding or not. Sorry, you said Dex? Uh yes. And minus one D four from the roll.
5: Yeah.
4: Okay, let's get a pyramid dice. Oh, max roll for, for four. Um uh, the roll is a nine. So I believe that's a failure for your that say,
5: is, check. That is a failure.
4: All right. What is disintegrates uh, disintegrates. Disintegrate, uh, it
5: takes force damage that you have to roll. 92 points of force damage lands out. Ooh, that's
4: a lot of damage, buddy. That's a big roll. Um, okay. Yeah, you really brought out the... I mean, have we done... Has anyone done 92 points? Is like, is that a record? Yeah, this for, feels like a record.
2: Yeah. feels like high.
4: It feels like a lot. I mean, I know I've done like billions of points as a DM, but it doesn't count. You know. <laughs> I mean, from mean. a player. From a player. You guys have the yeah, challenge. I
5: don't think do anybody it. will ever beat Nash versus Katobal Praeth. That's probably... Oh, yeah, I, I guess
4: so. Yeah, but you know, you could kind of... Just like how we have rules about what counts as a completed video game on, you know, also. <laughs> Maybe we we'll make some rules here about what counts, really. Nash uh, is
5: that guy, whenever you look at, like, a leaderboard, and it's, like, kind of this, you know, nice little upgrade, but then you see the person at number one, and they're, like, a hundred times higher than the person. Yeah, like, them. in the moment. Like, huh what happened there? (laughs) Yeah, Clearly he
4: cheated, right? He couldn't possibly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. um, Excellent. So you let out,
5: do you want to describe your attack at all? Or do you want me to? Uh, So Stanley points his finger, uh, lets out uh, a yell, um, a phrase through his megaphone while gesturing. And then just a uh, silvery, bright, hot, burning line, super narrow fires from his fingertip out at the creature and hits it and it just splashes and you just see smoke and uh, and fire just start to eat away at the creature where it hits.
4: Yeah, and actually what you do is the, dis- the disintegration ray is so intense as it warms up the part of the a piece a large piece of the grinder carapace into the color of your beam and melts it right off and it falls in the lava and makes a giant splash. <laughs> As the carapace grinds into the lava, the the piece that's fallen off and exposes it, and a large roar emerges from the creature. Well, you know, that's a little too primal, just more like, and then it immediately swivels its head, splashing lava everywhere towards your direction, and is just barrels immediately coming at you like a meteor. Um, before it does its legendary action, at the end of your turn, you still have options to do other things, but you've done an incredible amount of damage to this creature, knocking off a side of its carapace and exposing it uh, to the open air uh, f- this large purple flesh molded and, and, and full of pus and warts and veins and all the things demons and chaos beings love.
5: Yeah, Stanley, uh, like I said, bravely kicks it into high gear and is going to move 90 feet as fast in a direction away from it as he can. All
4: right, perfect. So you were, lo- oh, you've already moved your guy.
5: Like, Where is it? it has gone.
4: <laughs> My map is zoomed out. It's so tiny and I still couldn't see you. I had to scroll up and be like, oh, he's... <laughs> It's like it must be. It's like what it's like raiding with you when you go turn to a rogue and invisible and just disappear somewhere <laughs> else completely. <Yep. laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, you take off in that direction and you're you're, you're gunning it. Um, excellent. So that brings us to um, oh, the Tarrasque, That is me. All right. So that creature, because you have a sufficient amount of distance from it, let's see if he's able to close in. So. Uh ninety feet would be how many squares if it's five feet per square? Okay. Second calculator. Eighteen square. Eighteen squares, is that right? I don't know. Two squares per ten feet, right? So times Yeah, it's eighteen. Okay. Uh uh oh
5: (laughs) Yeah, that's so actually before
4: it's even his turn, he takes his legendary action to move half of his two, three, four, five. Nine. All right. So we're we're. I'm gonna. I think I failed to disclose this information early on. So I'm gonna. We're actually just gonna step back a little bit. What happened with Hope and the principal? We're gonna. We're gonna leave. Um, there is a way to kick these surfboards into overdrive. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I, I
5: important information
4: disclosed. Huh. That how might the, have
5: been a good thing to discover when we were I'm, training. How to I'm use like these.
4: I'm like they're kind of the trash is kind of catching up to this creature. These guys pretty like effectively, and I'm like it just occurred to me that like there's there are pedals on this thing. Um, so it, it, we're going to say that this was covered in the instructions at some point, uh, which will double your movement speed, um, and it's a it's a bonus action to click it into space, not a full action. So since you didn't use a bonus action, can we just, can I help you along in that way? Cause that's fine. The other was going to go
5: as far as he could. So he will be right. as far away from him as possible.
4: All right. So you're off screen. So we're just going to meet again. Remember, this is a movement. So you, your net, we're just going to calculate your net difference. So if you're out 180 feet, so I'm moving this creature out, we're going to ruler it uh, to 180 feet. Okay, so the difference would be from down here, okay? Okay. So you're oh, 180 feet down. My God, what an important detail. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I feel so stupid. All right,
5: guys, you're going to be mad. I forgot to tell you about a little something this board can do. All right, so, so we're just
4: going to calculate the relative difference, um, which would be if you're able to move 180 feet and it can move, it uses legendary action so half, so it's 180 and that means it's 90 and half of 80, half of 90 which is 45, so 125. Oh my god. It's like a wargaming.
2: It is like Warhammer 40k business. I love it. Yeah. Move 18 squares.
4: Oh, right. Okay, so that'd be 36 minus 25 is 11 in indif- So he's going to be 11 squares away from you in distance. Let me measure that out. All right, so he's about here for, from you, okay? Um, I will place uh, Nash where he was. Uh, so he's moving, so Nash, you're going to be a little bit behind. He's moving a bit. All right. We've roughly got it here. Um, this might have been better as theater of the mind. But uh, yes, you uh, he's, he closes the distance. He uses so his legendary action at the end of your turn to move uh, half his movement speed towards you. Then he uses his action. Actually, he can just dash. So that's going to give him another 90 feet. Okay, so he's just on your ass. Basically, the net result is he's just on your ass. Okay, he's barreling towards you through the lava flow, and as you fly, um, as you fly, you look forward, you see that the lava lake is ending and the mountain range is beginning to approach. So you're going to move into new terrain soon. Um, okay, and let's actually let's just go. Ahead. We'll do that next round, um, assuming you survive. So that means it's the principal's turn. So uh, hope the principal. Uh, opens up a second uh, portal right in front of you as you fly over the markets. Um, and uh, uh, Lohar Lohar sort of looks up and goes, Oh, I know that one. Uh, <laughs> I sold that one some clothing a while back. Um, <laughs> the principal opens another portal back to Earth and you fly through it. And he positions you next to uh, flying in parallel. So the Tarasque is now chasing Stanley. And yourself and the principal are flying in parallel on his left, at let's say a, a safeish distance here. <laughs> okay, uh, let me move you there. All right, um, the portal is his turn as he guides you through and flies himself. Uh, that means it is now Nash's turn. Great, Nash. the 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 The, the party has moved somewhat, but uh, is the let's not worry too much about the exactitude of the map because I'm going to be here all night doing calculations. Um, the, the Tarrasque is now flying towards Stanley and towards the mountain range as Stanley leads it. And the big piece of his armor has just fallen off from Stanley's disintegration, right?
2: Okay. Um, Do I, where he's done that and the big piece it's off, is it like an exposed, uh, weak point?
4: Um, I mean, it's exposed. It still doesn't look very weak. (laughs) Mm. There's exposure, but there's nothing weak about the flesh underneath. There's just no longer grinders or hard carapace there.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with... It really scared me on that. What was the... Well, hmm.
5: But one thing I should clarify, simply because it was the amount of dice I rolled, so rather than try to refigure everything, mm-hmm. uh, I cast that spell at the seventh level. Apparently, so that's okay. I'm um, just letting run, you know we're in the right her, spell slot. Yeah, yeah.
4: I was definitely not cheating. I know you might be thinking it. Just so you're, aware. <laughs> I appreciate it, Stanley. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah um, all great. right. I'm gonna I'm gonna launch another fireball. Okay, and I'm gonna do it. Um, may as well just keep burning these level fours. So I'm gonna do it a level four. Um, you need to make a Dex 18 saving throw. That's another fireball. Yeah, at level four. F- yeah. Okay. Please fail. So, all right. Please fail.
4: Uh, fireball is a Dex saving throw, right? Yep. Dex yeah, 18. Of course. How should I not know this? How many fireballs have we resolved? Over a lot there? of them. Cool.
2: Yeah, I love that.
4: I love the fireball. Uh, does this, is this reduction still in effect, John, from the Mind sliver No,
5: it, it ends. For the end of your turn, At eh? the end of my turn, yeah.
4: All right, so my roll on the dex is a 15.
2: Good, you so failed. So oh, excellent. <laughs> failed it. because
5: uh, it's so aggressive.
2: I'm so excited, though, because that you last failed. thing, that last whiff really sucked. All right, here you so go. So
4: toxic, like rubbing it into <laughs> someone's face if they failed.
2: Toxic player, you gotta kick me out of the guild. All right, here we go. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit uh, damage dice. 96 equals... Oh, almost the same as last time. 32 total points of fire damage.
4: 32 points of fire damage. Uh, Just a sec here. Yeah, and there's no resistance to the fire or anything like that. So the full damage is minus 32. All right, great. You you slap another fireball into its carapace. It does not reflect or get absorbed. It hits as it like you hit the open area and just hit it. It takes the full brunt of the damage as you launch another fireball into its body. And this time, it falters a little bit, but it's rage and it's uh, what what is it? It's the threat generation from Stanley is too high for you to distract from from the creature as it as it moves uh, as it continues to move towards Stanley. Um, we are now at the end of the round. Stanley, you now break off of the lava wave. I'm going to update the map in Roll20 to now show the terrain we are on. We are now on desert terrain. Um, the Tarrasque is chasing you down. I think you're a little bit ahead of it than you are here. Um, I will try to darken the grid. For some reason on this map, it's difficult to see. So let me just darken the grid a little bit here. Let me know if that's better. Yep. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so now that we're in a new round, hope it is your turn. You've just flown through Sigil. <laughs> that's quite an experience. And you're now back on Earth uh, with the principal's holding your hand, uh, guiding you. And you're free to make your turn as you have your crossbow at the ready. Oh, you have two. Uh, you can shoot the crossbow because that's not part of this turn. You can actually fire it off before you start your turn if you wish.
3: Awesome. Yeah, that's what she'll do. And um, so let me roll for that. Mm-hmm. A 26
4: a 26 um that is a hit
3: awesome 11 piercing
4: 11 piercing your crossbow bolt finds its mark <laughs> as it fires in and hits it again again a small amount of damage uh, in this instance so it doesn't really visibly do too much but it definitely with your your knowledge and intuition of these things it definitely finds its mark true does the damage now it's the start of your turn
3: Awesome. So what she'll do is she'll use her move to go the full 90 feet and then her action as a dash to go another 90 feet.
4: Okay. So you're going to, so you're flying in parallel on the right. Where do you want to position yourself relative? Just far out ahead? Like you want to, you're trying to race it basically.
3: Yeah. I w- Hope wants to stay ahead in case somebody needs help. If they're falling off their board or something, <laughs>
4: Oh, okay. just to stay yeah.
3: ahead rather than behind
4: teamwork. All right. So I'm going to put you at like the max. All right. I'm going to move this guy back. And I'm not trying to be too exact with the map because we get into these are ridiculous distances, <laughs> you know, like so um but I just want to be fair if people get caught up. So I'm moving him back and I'll put you to the top. And I assume you let go of the principal, you don't need to hold his hand this whole time, right? Like Yeah. Done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, once are So he's farther back. Great. Um okay, so you just fly out ahead to be ready to support anybody as needed. Um Stanley, you're up is on your ass, there's like, if you, as, when you look back over your shoulder, you see a large, you know, think the dune worm, right? Like a large, round, circular mouth, its teeth rotating, it's half in the ground, and as it moves through the ground, it's digging up like a giant trail of lava and earth behind you, giant dust cloud of smoke, and like, it's above you, it's like a giant mountain is chasing you. <laughs> you're this little, If cinematically, you're this little speck flying, and then there's this giant monster behind you, um, as, as you surf on your Chrome surfboard.
5: Uh, all right. So I have a question. It's digging up on the ground, which means parts of it are literally dragging on the ground, right? Yeah.
4: It's like it moves through the earth like you move through air.
5: Because here's what my idea is, and tell me if this would work. I I don't know if the, how much this will slow it down, but I do think it could do a lot if it does, even if it doesn't. I want to cast prismatic wall across the path, like go down to the ground, skim the ground, cast it. I can pass through it and assuming it's chasing me now, the wall only goes up, I think, 30 feet. But if it's going across the ground, it would still pass through it. Correct. If it's chasing me.
4: I mean, it's very, very tall. So and it depends, de- but it depends. Like, you know, like if you think about a movable rod style, no matter how big it is, they move immo- like if it ran through an immovable rod, right? It would just tear a hole through itself. Yeah. So I'm just let me let's find out what the oh, this is a ninth level spell, eh? Yes. This is your pickup when you leveled up. All right. Yeah.
2: Spending the big money.
4: Oh, because we were talking about this, about his ability to move through it and he having to burn legendary resistances, correct?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Which Poss- we have possibly.
4: Which we. Oh, I should have done that on your disintegrate. That was big enough. Oh well, I I still have three in the hole, so three in the pocket. That's all good. Uh, Thanks for reminder. (laughs) This reminded me. I knew it was there. I I studied the stat block before, but I was not thinking of it in the in the heat of the moment. Um, A shimmering, multicolored plane of light forms. Right. So this is like everything. This is like nine layers or seven layers of magical animus, basically.
5: Yeah.
4: Um. I mean, so let's just see what the wording is because, you know, these arcane, this arcane knowledge is important to behold. Uh, plane of light, 90 feet long, 30 feet high. It's definitely way taller than that. One inch thick. It's one inch thick. <laughs> I'm not. La- I'm just laughing in comparison to the size of the terrasque. Like it it's, it's
5: like a tiny little. It's t- like a tiny little thing. But it, again, if it's dragging over the ground, it'll pass through it, right? Yeah, yeah.
4: It, it, it may. It will have to deal with it because magic is a magical force. It's not. You know, logic is not fully uh, a point here. Set it on a point. You can see. You can shape the wall into a sphere up to thirty feet. All right. It's sh- the wall sheds bright light. <clears throat> you can generate. you can de- You can you can give anyone a hall pass basically. Yeah. Um if another creature moves to within 20 feet of it or starts, the creature must succeed or become blinded. So there's actually an eighth layer. There's blinding that could happen. As long as it's within a certain amount of feet. The wall consists of seven layers, each with a different color. When a creature attempts to reach into a pass through, it does so one layer at a time through all the wall's layers. As it passes through each layer. So they're an inch. So, like, is it, they move all through all seven?
5: Yeah. So the idea is against a reasonable creature, right? Is you put it up, and something basically has to decide if it's going to try and push through it or not, and yeah. they either have to spend a ton of time trying to dismantle it or move through it and face the consequences of each layer.
4: Okay. Yeah. So this. Yeah. So like, for example, the first red one is. On a failed save, they take 60, 10, or half on a successful one. While there's a place, non-magical ranged attacks can't pass through the wall. But he can still pass through it. He's just got to take the damage. Yep, yeah, correct. Um, and then there's the orange. So, just, so, I mean, in theory, no matter how big he is, rules is written. He is a yeah. creature. And if he, if he passes through it, he's got to deal with the layers, even if it's tiny. It's magic. It's mad. The fact that a, a little tiny thing to him does a ton of damage is because it's magic. So, yeah. Um, you're, you know, I don't think he could definitely find a way around it, but the dynamic of how this battle's going, and for the benefit of our audio listeners, you're doing this while moving. So, it's the same thing as using mold earth while driving vehicles to like mold, literally mold earth in front of a car to make it crash instantly. Did we you know, try you that? Can just let, you could just. What
2: did we try that before? Is that a thing Although, we did? You know we what?
4: talked about it, but I don't know if we ever did it. But in theory, mold earth as a can. If you were in a Mad Max situation, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and you just molded earth as a cantrip in front of a moving vehicle, it would just crash instantly, and so you could just destroy everything. Like it, think of how epic it would be. Just like ah, oh, raise the earth and just destroy a car. would Be it's amazing.
2: Awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's why I'm annoyed if we'd never did, tried that before, but maybe we did.
4: Yeah, I don't think I I, I know we talked about it, but I don't think the situation presented itself and maybe when we had our car battle it never really came up. Yeah. There's lots so, of spells and fun to have, so.
5: Seeing that it's dragging on the floor and the wall functionality of it is actually less meaningful, I think I'm actually going to drop it as a sphere.
4: Okay. Uh is there a sphere Thirty feet in diameter. So because of its size, I think like I, it wouldn't I, I think you're thinking it'd have to pass through it twice, like go. No, in no, the sphere. no, no, no. Oh okay.
5: I'm just I'm thinking a potentially ahead.
4: Okay. If you have sort of a reason for it, like I mean, if you want like to ask any questions just to make sure what your well, idea is gonna work. There's
5: just, nothing but, that says that once it passes through it and then moves out of it that the wall gets destroyed. They have to actually meet certain objectives in order to destroy the wall. So theoretically, yeah. you could go back into it.
4: Yes. I think the the one problem you're going to find is that we're we're on the move. So That's true. Um, it's That's a dual-edged sword, so you're going to put the wall up, but once you move out of range, it's going to fall again.
5: You know what? So you- I'm going to hold it for right now. Uh, this, this is okay. a lo- it's good we talked about it because we can have it in our mind. It's going to happen at some point. I'm going to mind sliver for this turn.
4: Remember that you're leading to Varel's trap. Yes. And yes. the idea is maybe it would slow down and then you get maximum effectiveness from your 9 yeah, level spell. That's what I'm thinking.
5: So I yeah. think I'm going to mind sliver and continue to use my bonus action and movement to get as far away as I can. All right, so, so yeah,
4: so that puts you at 180 feet of movement. That's probably the safest option. And you know, Kyle hasn't been able to, or Varel hasn't been. Yeah, able to join I want to get to I want
5: to get to Varel as soon as yeah. possible. So. And
4: the mountain range is coming up, uh, so you see, you do see the mountain range uh, on the horizon. All right, Mine's so uh, with the additional speed, you're able to outpace it, and everyone, if even with its dash actions, you, you you are able to to keep it just barely within a clip. So what we can do at this juncture of the battle is um, is say, you know, you might be out of range for attacks, but you can guide it towards where, where Varel is. Okay. And I if that's the that. case, yeah. if that's the case, we can maintain a status quo and move on to the next phase of the battle. I think that sounds good to me, if that sounds good to everybody else. Okay. Yeah. Totally fine, yeah. Right, So uh, everyone kicks it into high gear and then there's this sort of four formation like Top Gun or something like everyone's like flying in a in a formation and the 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 creature is chasing you grinding up earth in its teeth as it moves and swims through the earth just one little problem though I need everyone to make a uh, make a constitution This intelligence. I need everyone to make an intelligence, not intelligence, a wisdom saving throw. Oh, no, boo. All right.
3: <laughs> well, remember, we have advantage on wisdom saving throws.
4: Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, shit.
2: Okay. Imagine a little better about that.
4: Foiling the DM at every turn.
2: Oh, I'll take.
5: Only if you roll well.
4: I'll, t- yeah, I'll
2: take my... I got I a natural 20 well. for a 21. I can't believe 14
5: it. 14 is my best roll.
2: Hope.
3: 13.
4: 13. All right, Hope, so as everyone guns it um, in, in, on, on their devices, uh, a, a pop happens in the engine in the back of your chrome surfboard, and a large cloud of gray smoke goes starts emanating from your board, and you hear, brruh, 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 as you begin to slowly decelerate, and your surfboard begins losing speed.
3: Um, I'm going to try Indomitable. That lets me reroll a saving throw that I failed.
4: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, is that like a... <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, work! I'm oh, indomitable. no, it's a
3: twelve. So.
6: <laughs> oh
4: no, it got one worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so as you as you look at it and go like, not today. The end, like a part of the, the engine also goes. Another piece pops off and goes, and like a streak of like oily liquids begins spewing out of the side too. <laughs> and you're slowly starting to decelerate. Fortunately, it's you that had it, it happened to, and you are a bit of an engineer. Um, yeah. so the, 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 but the engine begins popping off and smoking and you begin decelerating and the rest of the party sort of looks concerned in your direction as you start slowing down and moving towards the Tarrasque. All
3: right. Uh, she'll roll a vehicle repair. That's all right. Let's uh, see if she can. Yeah.
4: Perfect. So you get down on a knee and look at the engine and begin getting to work. You need to make an assessment. Let's get your vehicle repair roll.
3: The natural 20. It.
4: It's a natural oh, twenty. Thank you for a <laughs> All right, with great ingenuity, you you examine the engine. You know immediately what's wrong. The belt, uh, there's a belt inside the engine housing. So you've quickly, uh, your task list before you is you got to open the engine housing. You got to slow down the engine enough so that you can snap the belt back on without stopping the engine completely and close the casing if you can. Um, the third one might be optional if you want to keep it exposed. There's also a little dial where it has like information and like an overheating light is going rang, 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 rang. So, um, what do you do?
3: Uh, first things first, pop the top off, right?
4: Yeah. You pop the top off. Uh, so it's bolted in. I don't know if you have anything to remove bolts like a, a drill or a wrench, or do you gotta rip it off?
3: She'll have to rip it off.
4: Yeah. All right. Make a strength check, please. 12. <laughs> All right, you, te- you try to rip it it's not working. you decelerate a little further and you're falling closer behind. you can try again, but with each failure you lose time and you're now a full uh, you know length behind the rest of the group and I will move your let' let's measure this. Um, now does the rest of the party continue on or does anyone at this part, point before she rolls again do anything to help the principal just going? Uh, you fall behind. You fall behind. You
5: know that's his philosophy. Uh, she fall. Uh, she falls behind. 30 I feet. have something I can do. We can get out of this situation. I am going to. Where is it? Where's my? Where's my spells? I am going to cast Dimension Door, holding onto the board to bring it with me, and materialize okay. my board right alongside hers and let her hop on and just take over the board we've already practiced riding on the same board i will go to passenger and we'll tear it we'll tear off on this one
4: all right you dimension door yourself and the board 30 feet back poop stanley pops right beside you hope you do you agree to
3: oh yeah she'll do like the 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 hands grabbing the forearm thing or like predator. Well, predator's more of a flex, but this is more of like <laughs> yeah. the forearm grab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
5: Stanley's weak. There's nothing to show <laughs> off in that. Not an iconic Stanley's scene with Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> solid,
4: solid hand grabs. So okay, you you clutch each other's forearm, and he he pulls you on quickly. And as you step off, because there's no longer an operator on board, it wobbles in the in the air, and then flutters around and does like a swirl and hits the Tarrasque's mouth and grinds up with his teeth, and there's an explosion. Just a small one. Doesn't damage it as it consumes your chrome board. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one we board mean. down. Yeah, But you and Stanley are now uh, some feet behind, but still away from the terrasque. Alright, the mountain range is approaching. Varel, we go to you. In the distance, you see a large column of grinding dust, like a a narrow sandstorm just digging through the earth and little specks that you can tell are your companions on the boards. The goblins are are milling around, a little uncontrolled as they wait, but they they begin to notice as well, and the Lizard Tactical team is there. They all await your instructions and plans. Your time is nigh.
1: Alright, well I assume the ruckus that a giant beast is making will allow me to speak at volume, so I will holler to the goblins and the lizard folk together. It comes. Positions. Get ready for the fight of your life.
4: Yes. And then, you know, Bok Bok will then yells, position! And and the rest of the goblins yell, position! There's all kinds of this chain of command that everyone begins taking uh, upon the map. Any last minute changes to your map now that you see a bit more information and know a bit more information? Let's move over to your
1: map here. Um, no, no, I would I would back myself up so I have running room for my jump I'm going to do. otherwise I will take the the detonator that I have sort of taped to my shield out and be ready to go. Okay,
4: perfect. Um, excellent. So uh, just a time check for for everyone here. Are we good to go past time? I can go. 15. We started a bit later, so we can keep going. Or I can, can go about stop.
2: fifteen after before I have to pack up and go to my sister's. But so oh, you can, have a so I can have can another 15. fifteen.
4: Yeah, I can. Do okay, 15. so then that may be a good enough stopping point. I'm a little disappointed to stop there, but I do want like there's going to be probably a lot of calculations when it comes to triggering the event uh, that Varel has planned, and so I don't want to. I don't want to give a short shrift, <laughs> considering how dangerous this creature is. And sure, yeah. um, how involved this combat has been in terms of what's ongoing is very dramatic. We've already teleported to Sigil. We've had a, a, a daring rescue on the part of Stanley. We've had some sick ass fireballs and disintegrates. It's, I think there's a lot of dramatic tension, so I would I, I, be tempted to hand brush. Uh, I think what is an, an epic part of our our combat by right. squeezing it into the last fifteen. So let let's. This is a good stopping point. The 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 heroes are now flying full speed on their chrome surfboards. The giant mountain-sized terrasque tach- t- chasing them. It's grinding teeth, grinding up earth, creating a huge plume of dust behind it. And just a picture of Varel, like from the back, like cinematically looking at the distance with his army. Is like Jason and the Argonauts, kind of army of um, goblins and, and lizard folk preparing to trap this large beast in the canyon. Uh, I'm looking... I can't... It's going to be seven days, and it's going to be the longest seven days. So I'm really enjoying <laughs> this combat, life. and it sucks that we got to wait. But
2: <laughs> that's life, my friends. Yep. Uh, big cliffhanger, everybody. Uh, before we see what Varel does to our lives, you're going to want to go over to our website and see what we have for your lives. That's right. You can support us at therewillbedungeons.com, and you can also find all the details about this show and archives and everything else. If you're trying to find a point to insert yourself into the season, it's a great place to do it. Go check it out. Therewillbedungeons.com emails and all that stuff are there as well. So uh, keep your questions coming because we love those. we got a big monthly episode coming up uh, soon that we'll want to share with you guys and we need your questions to do it. So keep those rolling in. That is going to do it for us, for me, for Kyle, for Kristen, for John and for Bo. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.